Theo Fleury, and this is the Patriot Warrior. I want to talk to you today about mental preparation. And, uh, you know, when you get to the highest level of, you know, whatever it is you're doing, uh, I would say most people who are at that place, you know, it becomes 5% ability and 95% is what goes on, you know, between your ears. And, you know, the mental grind of being a, you know, whatever it is, whatever kind of professional you are, whether that's a doctor, dentist, nurse, you know, whatever it is, you know, there, there's, there's a mental aspect to, to everything that we do. And, um, focus is incredibly important. And, you know, what I was able to do is I was able to find a comfortable routine, uh, you know, days of practice, days of, of games, you know, all of these things. You know, I was, I was proud of myself on the bigger the game, the better I played, right? And that was because of my mental preparation is under the highest pressure, I wanted to be the guy that, you know, uh, had the biggest impact. So how do you prepare yourself for that? Well, I did a lot of visualization, right? You know, before I go to sleep at night, you know, night before a game, I would play the game in my head. I would see myself doing great things on the ice, scoring goals, making plays, you know, uh, throwing big hits, you know, uh, all, all these kind of things. And so, you know, your mind is such a powerful tool. We basically only use 10% of your brain's full, you know, capacity. And so, you know, not only are you training your body, but you're also training your mind to, to be in, you know, those, those high pressure situations. So, you know, what you eat, how much you sleep, you know, these are all important things, you know, when it comes to the, to the mental part of the game, because like I said, at our, when you get to the level that I was at, like I said, everybody can play, everybody can skate, everybody has the fundamentals, but what sets everybody, you know, what sets the superstars uh, from, you know, the team players, the role players is that mental strength, mental preparation, how you, how you carry yourself and all those things. And so, you know, I was very fortunate in my hockey career to be around a lot of, you know, superstars, you know, uh, Lanny comes to mind. Uh, and then, you know, as my career advanced, you know, I got to play with guys like Gretzky and Lemieux and Sackick and Iserman and Messier and all these guys. And I was able to observe them and how they prepared themselves, you know, for the, you know, the highest pressure moments that would, you know, that would come along. So let's face it, you know, we are living right now um, through a mental health uh, pandemic. You know, COVID-19 is not the pandemic. Mental illness, mental health, mental wellness uh, is probably the biggest epidemic on the planet. And when you can eliminate fear, when you can el eliminate fear, it's a lot easier to navigate, you know, what's happening in your life and what's happening, you know, in the world. Because a lot of the leadership that we have in the world now is based on they lead by fear. And fear creates anxiety and anxiety creates, you know, problems. And they say, if you think about the past, that's depression. You think about the future, that's anxiety. So how do I navigate the craziness of the world 
while you try to live in the moment and be as present as possible. And how do you do that? Well, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways to achieve that, right? There's, there's prayer, there's meditation, um, you know, listening to frequencies, um, breathing, yoga, exercise, what you put in your body, you know, all of these, uh, things, play into, you know, your mental well-being. And so if you don't take care of yourself in these types of aspects of your life, you're going to struggle, you know, at some point with some sort of, you know, mental health challenges. And, uh, you know, I, I have gone the full gamut of, of mental illness from, you know, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, you know, all, all of the labels that are attached to, um, mental illness, uh, you know, I, I've experienced those things. And what I've tried to do is I've tried to go out and acquire the tools that I need on a daily basis to manage, you know, the depressive times, the anxious times, you know, all those things. And really tried to simplify trying to be as present as I possibly can in the moment. And, you know, all those things I mentioned, you know, prayer, meditation, breathing exercises, you know, there's, there's so much stuff out there now that we can use, uh, as tools every single day to, uh, you know, combat those times of depressive moments or anxious moments, whatever it is. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of tools out there that we can use to alleviate, you know, some of that, uh, fear that we're, you know, that we're, experiencing and carrying around with us. How did I manage my mental illness throughout my career? Well, at the beginning, you know, it, it didn't really show up, right? It wasn't really there, right? I was more focused on, uh, you know, becoming the best hockey player that I could be. And then uh, towards the end of my career, all of the trauma that I had experienced as a child and as an adolescent showed up. And, uh, and that was what, 20, 23 years ago, 24 years ago, that showed up. And at that time, you know, we weren't talking about mental illness. We weren't talking about, you know, the things that we're talking about in today's world. You know, there was a lot of fear as to where, where do I go? Who do I tell? How do I acquire these tools so that I could manage what was going on? And unfortunately, you know, I went to the dark side of life and used addiction as a coping mechanism to suppress, you know, the emotional pain and scars that were left behind from my childhood experiences. And the unmanageability of my life showed up, right? I was married, had three kids at that time, uh, was living in New York, playing for one of the most storied franchises in, you know, in the NHL. I was make, I was the highest paid guy on the team and I had no tools, like zero tool. And, and so, you know, um, I did reach out and say, Hey, things aren't, I'm not managing very well. And so the first thing they did is they put me on big pharma stuff and, you know, obviously that made it worse. Um, you know, I went to my first treatment center, picked up some tools there, you know, when they took away all my coping mechanisms, which was, you know, the addictive part or tried to take away, um, the, the coping mechanisms, you know, that's when everything kind of went sideways. And, uh, 
You know, most people think that my career ended because of addiction. That is false. Um, the reason why my career ended was I could no longer manage, you know, my mental illness that I was experiencing. And so uh, in 2003, I got kicked out of the NHL because I couldn't stop drinking, couldn't stop doing drugs. And, you know, my behavior was completely out of control. It wasn't too long after that, I had a gun in my mouth um, ready to end my life because, like I said, I had no tools. I had no, co I, you know, my coping mechanisms weren't working anymore. But after the failed suicide attempt is when I started on this path of healing and uh, self-discovery and all these amazing things that, you know, that have happened in my life. Um, so basically for the last, I don't know, 20 some years, I've been out acquiring tools, uh, healthy, holistic tools um, where I can manage my life one day at a time, right? Uh, I've been sober now for 18 years. You know, I, I give back, you know, that's part of, that's one of the tools I have is, you know, to help other people who've experienced what I've experienced, you know, that's part of the toolbox. And, you know, what I've really had to do is I had to learn how to love myself and take care of myself and, you know, do the right thing and, and uh, you know, not fall into those old bad habits that I used to, to cope before. And I'm actually, you know, living life on life's terms now. And uh, no matter what gets thrown at me, uh, you know, I have a, a, a toolbox full of tools where I can, you know, get through those difficult moments or difficult times and uh, stay, you know, on this, on this path. And, you know, a lot of people that I work with, um, you know, I would say the one thing that people who struggle with addictions or mental illness or unresolved trauma is, uh, you know, there's a spirituality piece to this. And once I grasped on to the spirituality piece, that's when my life went to the next level and the next dimension of healing. And, uh, you know, uh, September 17th of uh, 2005, I hit my knees in a washroom and I surrendered and I turned my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him, which means I stopped running my own life. I stopped being the conductor of my life because every time I was in control, it wasn't good, you know, or every time I drove the bus, the bus always crashed. So that day in September, I surrendered and I moved comfortably into the passenger seat and I let this entity, this thing that's greater than myself, take over the controls. That particular entity runs my life and uh and ever since that you know i have this amazing incredible beautiful life where I, my relationships are wonderful uh you know the people that i associate with are amazing people um you know and i i i have because what's you know what's the end goal here when we go on a healing journey peace joy happiness and serenity. Those are the goals. That's where we want to get to, right? But when we live in a chaotic environment and lots of drama, it's really hard to experience peace, joy, happiness, and serenity. And so um, there are certain things that you need to do on a daily basis in order to get to peace, joy, happiness, and ultimately serenity, right? 
And, you know, I had to stop all the bad habits first. I had to change people, places, and things. And then I had to, you know, be around people who could teach me how to live life on life's terms. That's, that's what I had to do. And I had to surrender. Like I had to surrender completely 100% surrender. And so to me, the spirituality base, if you don't have that, you are going to struggle. There's just no, no way out of it. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big religious guy, but I'm a big spiritual guy, you know, and, uh, you know, getting or having the opportunity to uh, work in the indigenous communities that I've worked in, you know, it was those people that gave me back my life spiritually because I'm an Aboriginal person. That spirituality really connected to my soul, to my, and, you know, I allowed those people to teach me about spirituality, you know, and then, you know, participating in ceremony, you know, using the smudge and the sweat lodge and uh, the drum and powwow and Sundance and all of these sacred ceremonies, um, you know, really calmed all of that chaos that I had, you know, inside of me for, for many, many years, right? You know, that anger, that resentment, all, all those things that, you know, are detriment to to us, right? And if we don't resolve them, if we don't get rid of them, um, you know, we're going to struggle. And so the spirituality base is essential on anyone's journey of healing, uh, you know, moving forward. And so what I tell people is I said, try everything, you know, go to church and experience that and, you know, just, just experience spirituality and ultimately what is what is spirituality spirituality is relationship that's what it is and you know the better relationship i have with myself the better all my other relationships are going to be because if i love myself take care of myself all these things how do you think excuse me how do you think all of my other relationships are going to be they're going to be the same and so the the relationships i had in the past were chaotic volatile you know, combative all the time. And then going through this journey of healing, you know, I don't live in chaos anymore. I don't look, I don't look for chaos. I don't create chaos. I don't like drama. You know, I just want peace. I want joy. I want happiness. I want serenity. Those, those are the things that I'm striving uh, to get to. And, and that's really important, uh, especially in, you know, this world that we're living in, because the world we're living in, is, there's a lot of chaos, right? There's a lot of chaos. And so to try to find peace, joy, happiness, and serenity in the chaos is, you know, is difficult. But if you have that spiritual base, um, I don't think there's anything that you can, you can overcome, can't overcome. What would I say to somebody who's struggling? Find your voice. Talk about the trauma. Talk about what happened to you, you know, in a safe environment where you're not going to be judged you're not going to be ridiculed you know uh seek out this spirituality seek out you know uh something that's going to feed the soul it's going to decrease you know the anger decrease the the resentments right all those things um you know it's okay to ask for help like it's essential right and and it doesn't mean you're weak it means you're a person of courage and character and you know all those 
wonderful things. We haven't created a safe space and a safe environment in the world for people to talk, you know, about their trauma. Because I believe that trauma is at the core of every single issue we have in society starts with unresolved trauma. Because there are no safe spaces in society, we tend to act out on the trauma that we experienced as children, as adolescents, as adults, you know, we, we tend to uh, act out those uncomfortable things that we have. So, you know, I'm a big believer, uh, you know, the key out of this is vulnerability. And what is vulnerability? Vulnerability is storytelling. And when you tell your story in a vulnerable way, what happens? It creates safety. And then once you have safety, that's when the magic of healing happens is when people feel safe. And unfortunately, we live in a world today where they have orchestrated not a safe space, right? There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of divisiveness. There's a lot of, you know, all that going on. So how do you find peace in all of that chaos, right? Well, you need to surround yourself with people who are on the same path, who are on the same journey so that you can learn and teach each other and give each other the tools that they need to get through what they need to get through. And that's purpose, right? Because we're all looking for a purpose in our lives. Well, you know, I, I, I really believe that we're all here. We're, we've all been put on the earth to help, help one another, to help each other get to where we want to go. But we first have to get vulnerable and we have to talk about what happened to us. And when we, we talk about what happened to us, we release that trauma back out into the universe. So it's important that you talk about what happened to you, right? Because, you know, you, you, you look at every mental health campaign, it starts out one in five Canadians suffer from mental illness. And I'm like, well, that's only adding to the stigma because we're singling out the one person who has mental illness and we're telling the other four out of five, you guys are okay, right? And in my experience, it's five and five. It's all of us. And if we're going to get out of this big pandemic of mental illness, it's going to take all of us. So I encourage you to find the courage, find the strength to talk about what happened to you. I'm Theo Fleury, and this is The Patriot Warrior. 